When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The A-List Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome into the playoff edition of the A-List Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas, joined by H.R. Blakely, Gary Washburn. We've been pushing along through this season. Here we are in the playoffs. Gary looks so unimpressed, as usual. (laughs) We need to start making memes out of you because you just always look like, like, why I'm am I here? Why have you continued to keep coming back? That's my question. Why am I here? You clearly I'm, still I'm, like I'm, us. That's Gary. That's that's Gary's look. Yeah, why am like I here? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what are we doing here? No, no I'm ready. Nah, you know good. we appreciate you. We, we're glad to have you on the pod. But yes, the Celtics, they are playing the Hawks in this series. They're up right now at Boston 2-0 with a lead. Atlanta does not look like they're trying to do anything right now. Tatum, 27 Points per game, 10 rebounds per game, four assists per game. Brown, 23.5. Derek White, another one that's been looking good. Let's just start with the two Jays first. What do you two make of the way they've performed in the first two games? Well, start with Tatum. Uh, he's just been this – is, this is top five Tatum. Uh, he's giving you 27-10, and he's doing it in an efficient manner. And I think that's – the thing that really jumps out to me, the 50% shooting on threes is a big deal for a guy who takes a fairly high number of threes. He's been, he's been really good in that regard. And just his overall play has been just exactly what you you need from your best player. And Jalen, even with the hand issue, Jalen's still giving you 24 and seven, good job defensively for the most part and and, and doing his part, you know, but the the revelation in in the Celtics and his two old stars with Derek White, I think he has been, the guy that has really kind of stood out for all the right reasons. Uh, before the series started, we talked about this on one of our sister uh, sessions, uh, the guard report. I thought Derek White was going to be a guy that would win the Celtics a series at some point in the playoffs. And it looks like it may very well be this first one because he really has been that good on so many different levels uh, for the Celtics. Yeah, I think that they've done what they're supposed to do. Um, I think Jalen's still kind of struggling to figure out what to, how to manage the hand and and you know, but he he's hit some big shots. Jason, I think, as Sherrod said, the three point line is very important. Um, and to be honest, Jason hasn't gotten to the free throw line in this series yet. Like he has, but I think two attempts in each game. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't, and I don't know. I don't think he attempted any attempts in game two. So he's scoring without getting to the free throw line. So let's see if that opens up in Atlanta. Um, I think if that development happens where Jason gets six to eight to 10 free throws a game, that makes it much easier. And I think they'll pull away and win this series pretty easily. Uh, But I think both of them have been solid. Obviously, Derek White has kind of stolen the show in terms of his production. And they've just played overall I think we're all concerned about whether they would be prepared for this series, like whether they would ease into this series and get have to get punched first and figure it out and then come back and win. But they've taken their opponent very seriously. The defensive side, they've been great. 
Uh, they put emphasis on rebounds. All they got pounded on the boards in game two. Um, they still competed. And that's very important. So um, very impressive first two games. Jason and Jalen are doing their thing. And you hope for Jalen that the hand starts to heal a couple of days off, maybe get it restitched. I don't know how that goes. Um, you know, just how you heal something faster in that sense. You put a bunch of ointment on it. You go to your grandmama in Atlanta and get one of them old school remedies. Uh, maybe some maybe some that. Maybe, oil. Yeah, maybe some <laughs> Vicks, some castor oil. <laughs> Uh, you know, some Sudafed or something. Exactly. All the remedies. All the put mix it together, and then you know, <laughs> put the little bandage, the ace bandage on there, and then don't move, don't move that hand right. for twenty four <laughs> exactly. hours. Uh, maybe something like that. So hopefully he'll heal up, and then if they end the series quickly, they can get some rest and get that time off before they obviously uh, likely face the seventy sixers. Dr. Washburn at your service. <laughs> yeah, I might have all. You know, put a, little, put a little water on that. Right. <laughs> Just let it sit. Yeah. But you both mentioned clearly Derek White is a standout at this point. His stats 25 points per game, six rebounds per game, 4.5 assists, 2.5 blocks. 50% on three and 62.1% shooting from the field. The MVP chance came. Do you two think, right, as of right now, he's the playoff MVP for the Celtics? Yeah. I mean, because he, the, what he's been able to give them has been so invaluable, not only in the totality of his production, but the timeliness of it. You know, Derek has made some really big shots when Atlanta, I think, was kind of starting to feel themselves a little bit and starting to get back to the game. And the thing that often gets overlooked with Derek White and his impact is what he does defensively. You know, there's a reason why Trey Young has been kind of, you know, Trey old in this series. Derek has had a lot to do with that. And not only in terms of of staying in front of him and contesting shots, but also blocking shots. I mean, Derek is average, I think, damn near three block shots a game or something like that. That's highly unusual for a, a, a guard, particularly a guard who doesn't have what you would c- consider the cookie cutter dimensions of being a shot blocker. You know, I don't think Derek White has like that seven foot five inch wingspan or, and he's not six, nine, six, ten playing the guard. He's a six four, six five guy, decent wingspan, but is incredible timing uh, and knows how to move his feet at a high level from a lateral standpoint. And it's just really giving the Celtics everything they need at both ends of the floor. Yeah, damn, sure. I just stopped suddenly. Like, he was right, like, you're like oh, <laughs> we got a process. I was like, hey, the Sherrod's microphone cut off? I, I'm, <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to give you space, Gary. I'm trying to be like, I was waiting for, for three more sentences. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Derek has been the best player in many cases. And as Sherrod said, I can't believe I'm agreeing with him again two times. <laughs> but yeah, bailing up, bailing out with big shots. Not being afraid. I mean, I think the development of Derek White has been the biggest plus for the Celtics overall this season. Malcolm Brogdon's coming to do what he's what he do. You know, he's probably going to win Sixth Man of the Year award. We'll hear about that. I'm not sure if it's tonight or tomorrow. Um, uh, no awards are being handed out this week. Not all of them, but some. But um, Derek has become a more confident player shooting with like, hey, it's okay if you miss. You're not going to get benched. You're not going to have something bad happen to you. Get in there and, and be you. And he has been more of himself, attacking the rim, 
making those floaters, getting to the free throw line, a big plus, getting to the free throw line, making easy points. So 40% free throw shooter, sorry, three-point shooter, not free throw shooter, 40% three-point shooter, um, you know, over the last several months. So a guy who can knock down a three, the long ball, like overall being that reliable, him or Brogdon being that reliable number three score takes the pressure off Robert Williams and Al Horford or even Marcus Smart from having to do it because the less Marcus puts pressure on himself to score, the better the Celtics are. So I think White and Brogdon have combined to make Marcus like, okay, all I need to do is defend and hit an occasional shot. So I think that just makes them a better team. Do the Hawks, one of the few bright spots for them in the two games has been the play of DeJounte Murray, 26.5 points per game, seven rebounds. He's really kind of holding the team down when you think about the glue guy, but does he worry you when you think about the Celtics and the, that opponent, they're back at home. Does he worry you for the Celtics going into game three? What do you think, Gary? Well, I think that going home, a lot of the players who aren't playing so well are going to play better. Sadiq Bay's on the knockdown threes. Uh, Bojanovic is going to, as he has, he's, I thought he's been pretty good first two games. He's going to knock down threes. Um, Clint Capella suddenly is going to turn to Akeem Olajuwon. Like, the players who have struggled, you know, DeAndre Hunter. So the Celtics have to watch out for that. Like, they, they, now they, the good thing is they took the first punch in game two. A lot of jumped out to a 22-11 to 11 lead. They look like, okay, we're here. We're about to make a statement in this game. Then the Celtics went on something like a 63-37 run after that, took control, led for double digits the whole second half, or most of the way, not the whole second half. So I think they're going to have to watch out for that same people in the AT. You know, they're going to be fired up and watch out for the other guys. Murray has been good. I'm concerned that the Celtics can't really guard Murray. He's getting to his spots. Murray, if you – I think a lot of players – sorry, a lot of fans really haven't seen much of him. Obviously, those years in San Antonio, he's a mid-range specialist, but he can get that 8- to 10-foot range, as we've seen. He can get there and get it down. And now he's become a better three-point shooter. He was more of a mid-range guy the first few years of his career. Now he's become a better three-point shooter. We saw that he had seven, I want to say, or six in game two. So and obviously he had a little, some words to say for Joe Mazzula after each one. So I think they do need to be aware of him. And then also Trey. You know, Trey hasn't had that, like, monster game yet. They defended him very well. I just think Atlanta's fighting for its life. Um, you know, we'll see what Atlanta's made of in game three because if they lose game three, the series is pretty much over. So they're going to throw a heavy blow. And all those guys that were, weren't were very good in Boston, the Bays and the Hunters and John Collins was has not been a big factor. Those guys are going to come out and look – they're going to look like the Globetrotters. You know, they're going to look like, uh, you know, before your time, Kwani. Uh, uh, the Globetrotters? Yeah, they, when they were like. Oh, all the, right. The best, not, not, not now. The girl grew up one, in Jersey. The Harlem no, Globetrotters were. when they're just a bunch were. of dudes. I'm talking about like Curly Neal and Geese Osby and Nate Branch and Meadowlark Lemon. One, one, I went to go to the L.A. Forum and see when I was a kid. My, my heroes. Those guys. They're going to look day. like. The 96 Bulls, are they going to look like the – they're going to come out looking like, okay, we're here to make this a series, and the Celtics have to withstand that, get back to the – stick to the basics and the fundamentals and withstand that and try to just – and try to eke out which 
will be probably the toughest game of the series because Atlanta's fighting for his life. Mm-hmm. Murray, though, he a dog. I mean, he do, he's a Seattle kid, came from tough, some tough backgrounds, you know. I don't know if you guys remember. I mean, when his draft, you know, when he came out at University of Washington one year, there was some uh, questionable about his character because he had been in some stuff. You know, he has turned himself into an all-star caliber player, maybe next year, but an all-star caliber player. Um, did he? I don't know if he did. He make the all-star team. I think he did make the all-star team. I was a late. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so he is. He's a dog, and I think he's the only dog really. And I used to, you know, John Collins is kind of a dog, but he ain't. But Murray's a dog, and that's the guy. Like you, you said, right, Kwani, that they're going to have to maintain. You don't want it. I don't know if he's a forty-point game guy, but you don't want him dropping an easy 29, and then you don't want Trey dropping 29, and other somebody else wanting mm-hmm. 20. And everybody's comfortable now. Everybody's comfortable. They're back in the mm-hmm. A, so right. the Celtics have to be focused and disciplined. You know, it's not going to be a rush. It will be, but it'll be something, you know, seven early start, 7 o'clock, people are going to be chilling, getting to their seats about 7.45, with a little something, something in their hand, a little, little drinky drink. <laughs> and chilling, uh, you know. So, hey, I wish I was in the A now. Yeah, the Celtics are going to have to to withstand that big push, hold on, not get blown out early, and then come back and because they are the better team. Yeah, I mean they they are the better team. But Gary, I'm not nearly as bullish on this Hawks team as you are. I, I think they're done. I, I think that they are as done as you can possibly be. Uh, in the playoffs. I, I, I agree with you about the John T. Murray. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, what he's doing now is kind of what I thought he would do once he got to the A. I thought he would be that that guy. And I, I think that there really has been this kind of low-key, behind-the-scenes, slow-drip drama building between him and Trey. I think Trey is, is, is clearly the face of that franchise. But I think DeJounte has the dog in him where he should be that guy. I think they should try to follow his lead. And I think that there's, I, I do think there's a little bit of push and pull with that because you go back to game two, they, the, the Hawks started to do a little something, something when, when Trey was on the bench and Jante was kind of running things and he was just, he was the focal point. You know, his ability to, I think, score at all different levels uh, and understand, and just, he doesn't have the explosive firepower of Trey, but he has a much better all around game. And when you throw what he does defensively, he, he gives, you a lot of what you really need in that lead player. Uh, I just don't think he has the confidence or the support of the guys around him to be that guy. And I think that's one of the things the Hawks are going to have to think long and hard about this offseason, about where is their future specifically? Who should be that lead dog of the pack? Uh, Should it be DeJounte or should it be Trey? Uh, If if this series is any indicator, I I think the answer to that is quite obvious because the Celtics are basically keeping Trey in check. And they not even, they haven't even unleashed the big dogs in them yet. You watch them play against the Hawks. Marcus Smart will have the ball on the block and look back and see Trey and be like, "Nah, I'm gonna swing it out. I don't even need to. I don't even need to work this mismatch." Right. He is, and that's where they're at now with the Hawks. They're not even going at Trey the way they normally would. They're just like, "We don't have to. We we can work on other parts of the game. And if we if we get in a pinch and we got to get a bucket, guess we going. Hey, Trey, where you at? Come here." That's how they're playing. And you can't do that with DeJounte because he's too good of a defender to go at him like that. And he's he's a good enough offensive player to where you've got to respect his game. So the Hawks, like I said, they're done because they can't figure out how their two best players can coalesce. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the, all the calls that we always have about Jalen and Jason and whether they can play together, yeah. the Hawks are going to get those same conversations, and they will be legitimate because those two guys clearly – they're, they don't play as well together as you see other dynamic duos exhibit A, Tatum and Brown. That being said, if we talk about Trey and his performance against Boston, it hasn't been the standard as which I imagine that Atlanta has been holding him to, 20 points per game, seven assists. So do you think this is a result of Boston's defense or is Trey just struggling right now? Defense. Or, yeah. Okay. Trey is an inefficient score regardless, but he, he typically finds a way to get buckets. But the Celtics, they have done a great job of just really taking him out of his comfort zone. Now, he's missed some shots he normally makes. Yes, there's, there's that. But the overall impact of the defense on Trey Young has been undeniable. He, he's just not able to get in any kind of flow. The guy led the league in total assists this year. Uh, uh, and, and right now, he's averaging damn near as many turnovers as assists. That's, that's not something that you can just talk about because he's just having a couple of rough nights. No, that is a team that is locked in defensively, making his life as miserable as hell. And that's a big reason why they're up to Zep. Yeah, I think Trey, I think what we're learning about Trey is that he's not a very efficient player. There's a lot of silly turnovers, um, a lot of, you know, m- losing the handle of the ball, making passes that are ill-advised. Um uh, Flipping up threes. He had, I mean, we, we've seen Trey when he's just been like, man, that dude's one of the top 10 players in the league. Um, shooting those 35 footers, getting to the rim, setting up Capella on the alley oop, pick and roll, things like that. We haven't seen that much of that in this series. I think he's been very inefficient. His three hasn't really gone down. Um, you know, he he's not finishing at the rim and he's looking for fouls and he's not getting them, you know. The, the officials are pretty much letting them play in this series on both sides. Like, it's not like Tatum's lived at the line either. Like, there hasn't been a lot of free throws in terms of just, like, the numbers in this series, a lot of fouls. Um, so, Trey needs to be more efficient. I think that, you know, I think the Celtics defense has something to do with it. I don't think Trey's having a very good year. 33.5% from the three-point line, that's below average, you know, for, for the NBA. That's not a good three-point percentage so I think he's he and I just think he probably feels like okay I'm at home and then I'm going to get some more calls I'm going to be at home I'm going to be more efficient I'm going to be a little bit more dazzling um so I'd expect to see a better Trey but I think we're also learning why Trey Young isn't that top five I think there was you know kind of a like okay he is a top 10 player Right. I think a couple of years ago, him and Luca, and it was like, well, they, you know, both teams won that trade when they, that draft night trade when it was Luca for Trey. Like both teams won. Both both teams got a great player. And now I think with Trey and being kind of, you know, coach killer, I think that there's a kind of a level of like, well, is this who he is? Is, is he just an inefficient shooter that when he's on, he's on? Because he's got to take that next step. If Curry's, and the great point guards take that next step. They become more efficient. They lower their turnovers. They learn how to make good court decisions. They're not as wild with the ball. Trey is still getting to that level. He's only 24, so he's got plenty of time. But I don't think Trey has advanced to that top 10 or top even top 15 player uh, this year. I think he might have regressed a little bit. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you look at a guy like Jalen Brown. I mean, I think most NBA executives, if you had a choice of taking either Jalen Brown or, or Trey Young, you're going to take Jalen. Uh, and that says a lot about how, how far Trey has fallen out, Jalen has risen. But, but more importantly, it, it speaks to how it's not so much what you've done, but what are you doing right now? I mean, like the Luka hype is still there, but it ain't as nearly as sexy as it was like a year or two ago. Now it's just like, well, damn, Luca. I mean, we know you're nice, but but damn, you, you can't even get your crew to the playoffs. We ain't even talk about like top five seed. We ain't talking about home court. We talking playoffs, y'all. <laughs> so I think Trey, if for him to make that leap and, and to be that player that so many thought he would be, or so many were kind of looking ahead and thinking he would become, he's got to get better. Uh, and he has clear flaws to his game that. I'm 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 a little bit surprised he hasn't worked a little bit harder at getting better at. It. I mean, his defense, you know, defense is so much about effort. Uh, and and Trey just looks like he ain't trying to work at that part of the court. And the sad part about it, when you talk to people who cover that team and have been around him, they're like, he's actually better at it now, which to me is scary because he's still bad, like like painfully bad to watch at that end of the floor. So he he has to figure out a way to become moderately average uh, at that end of the floor. Because if he can do that, then he becomes a top 10 player easily, easily. Um, if I were him, and, and as, as crazy as, as this may sound, I'm looking at a guy like Sam Hauser, who was never going to be an elite defender. And yet you see that teams that try to go at him, they go away from that play because he, he's figured out a way. I got guys who can help me, and I need to do enough on my end my effort has to be good enough to where they just aren't going to get their way every single possession. And Trey doesn't fight hard enough on defense the way he does to get open on offense. And he's got to figure out and learn that's how you're going to be a top five, top ten player in this league. You have to give great effort at both ends of the floor. You know, as, as much as we talk about how easily Tatum go out there and get you 25 and 10, you look at what he does defensively. Tatum makes at least two or three pretty good plays defensively almost every game. Uh, and I don't think that was the case two, three years ago. Uh, and, and again, he's now, is Tatum a, you know, first-team All-NBA defensive player? I don't think so. But you can't, you, you can't look at that part of his game and say that is a clear flaw that he's horrible at, that he's not very good at. Because that's just not true. Trey, it is true. All Back right. to the Kwani Lunas production. <laughs> As usual. Before we wrap, quickly, I'm curious – for the both both of you, obviously this game is going to at least two more games in Atlanta. But do you think the series will end up back in Boston? No, I'm coming back to Boston. The Hawks thing. <laughs> One, two, three, Cancun. One, two, three, Cancun. Go Hawks. What you got, Gary? Uh, wow, well, I don't think it will be either. Um, I think they'll give a good effort in Game Three, yeah, but I think the, thanks for your patience. I think I do think that the Celtics will prevail and then you know hold on and, and avoid us avoid um you know having to go back to Boston for game five they'll sweep it out. So no, I don't think it is. I think this has the better teams. I thought game two was a chance that that, that they had to really uh you know make a statement and they did for a quarter. Right. And maybe it was less than a quarter because the Celtics led the end of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So I think that was all they got. But I do think they'll push and make that ATL big time Friday night you know, lights <laughs> lights run and hopefully the Celtics if you're a Celtic fan you hope that they can withstand that run mm-hmm. and then uh, 
prevail and close out the series, give themselves a chance to rest, Jalen a chance to heal, and we all can head back and get ready uh, for the series. Exactly. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Hopefully next week we won't be talking about the Hawks anymore. But until then, this is the A-List Podcast. Aisha Blakely, Gary Washburn, I'm Kwani Lunas. We'll be back next week with whatever updates we have. <laughs> <laughs>